Hello and welcome to this Head Talks podcast. I'm Terry Stiastny and I've been talking to Jessica Huey, a successful self-made woman who's reinvented herself, deciding that finding her purpose was key to a meaningful life. And if you can hear some background noise on this podcast, it might be the waves crashing near a beachfront cafe in Jamaica, where Jessica has made her new home. I'm Jessica Huey. I'm the author of Purpose and founder of the Purpose Academy. And um, I work with individuals doing, generally running uh, small businesses, but purpose-driven people who are making a difference in the world through a variety of different sectors. And I help them to embrace visibility and increase their impact in the world. I'm speaking to you from uh, Jamaica. I'm in the south. I'm in Westmoreland. And the noise in the back is the ocean. (laughs) So it's a really lovely place to be. And I moved here in July last year with my son. It was kind of my pandemic revelation, if you like. As you say, you're sitting by the ocean in Jamaica. You have come sort of physically and in all sorts of other ways, uh, a very long way from how, how you started out in life and how you worked your way up. Tell me a little bit about your, your background. Sure. So, I, I mean, I spent about 20 years working in the media, but I, I sort of started my adult life as a very young mum. I was 17 when I became a mother and motherhood really catalyzed my desire to accomplish and make make something of my life. So when my daughter was born, I went back to college and um, ultimately on to, to university where I studied journalism and just grafted, spent many, many years really kind of, I, I mean, on reflection, I was, I was a workaholic, you know, I was really committed to sort of to, to doing and accomplishing and constantly thinking about the next goal and yeah, but, but with very little space to, to kind of be present with myself and, you know, I understand that now as my sort of place in the world was very much defined by what I did and what I achieved, which I think is very, very common today. And, you know, doing pays dividends. So I, I, I have been, I'm very grateful for, you know, the experiences I've had and I've worked with some incredible people, you know, from sort of celebrities to, you know, high profile entrepreneurs, traveled all over the world as a publicist. And then in 2006, I started Colorblind Cards, which is a multicultural was a multicultural greeting card and gift brand. And that was born out of, I guess I describe it as the first, my first kind of brush with purpose, you know, that moment where you have an idea that strikes you as really important. And for me, it was, I couldn't find a, a card with a, a sort of ethnically representative card for my daughter. And in that moment, I felt so important to both to me as a mother who, who was keen to support my daughter's sense of self and self-esteem and and, and self-love and and just recognizing that you know at that point 2006 you know diversity and inclusion were not on the news agenda in the way that they are today and the issue of representation was really not commonplace or you know it certainly wasn't being being felt but it wasn't being talked about and so I started colorblind cards and that and, and became a real part of that early conversation around why representation is so important which yeah I'm really proud of that. As you say, you you obviously work phenomenally hard, both in other people's businesses and then setting up your own business. Uh, and as you say, that brought you know real real results. What was it that made you start to change your view of what was really important in your life? You know, I burn out like many people do, I probably over and over, and and got to a stage where I guess I started to my my own definition of success started to shift. I became much more aware of my own and confident in my own 
in standing in my own values. And I started to feel this real conflict between, you know, what felt innately important to me and, yeah, the industry that I found myself operating in and the values which that industry held as tantamount to, you know, to success. And and so, yeah, there, the, the sort of, I think th- things started to change for me in my late 20s, but it, it wasn't until... 2016 when my dad was diagnosed with terminal cancer that I really for the first time in my life I really stopped and became present and you know it's always from that space of presence where we the the doing isn't there to distract us and in my case I was caring for my dad and also beginning to grieve the fact that he he was you know moving you know transitioning on and it was just trying, it was life changing for me that that period of presence and the slowing down and the reconnection to all that's really important. And, and it changed my life. And I think particularly this year, a lot of people will you know, understand the kind of things you went through with, you know, losing somebody very close to you. And as you say, that that sense of grief and, you know, even while the person you love is still with you. Yeah. Uh, how did that make you change the way you thought about other things in your life it's a stripping back you know grief is one of those things or any challenge which it brings us it puts us in touch with what's real (laughs) and I started to write during that that stage of my life without you know for the first time I found myself agendaless and I think you know we are so conditioned to constantly do and be thinking about, be preoccupied with doing. And, you know, that was a space of being for me where I I picked up a pen one night, sort of three in the morning and just started to express myself. And I wasn't thinking about writing a book. I wasn't thinking about, you know, writing being cathartic. I wasn't thinking anything. It was a a pure kind of stream of it, stream of consciousness, which hit hit the page. And um, yeah, that evolved into, into my book, Purpose. And purpose is just the, the book and the writing of it and the, the honesty and authenticity, which I sort of stepped into during that moment in my life is something that it just, it wasn't something like, it's almost like once you, you see or you're in touch with, you know, what feels real and true, you, you, you can't really go back. And, and so it, it, it sort of, it started, it, it opened up this, this process of questioning you know, questioning whether or not the life that I was living was in alignment with, you know, what I, what really felt most meaningful and important to me. And yeah, this kind of continued questioning and, and releasing of anything that wasn't in alignment. And it's been a continued process of, of yeah, saying yes to all that is and moving here, which is where my, my dad was from. And Jamaica has always been, has always felt like home, but being, you know, moving to a, a place where you are just you're just ensconced in nature and that's one of the things that has come out with me being much more in touch with with who I am and what's important for me. So if you are talking to other people who may or may not have gone through a kind of I suppose a moment of clarity or a moment of truth in the way that you did what what kind of questions do you think we should all be asking ourselves about what our purpose is and how do you you come to that? I think we can decide. I think, you know, we all get these opportunities because life, you know, life, life can be tough and, um, and challenging. And I think it's, we can decide, you know, we can decide to, it's a sort of, I I think it starts with presence. 
it starts with slowing down enough to get present and then really ask ourselves are we happy are we fulfilled you know do we feel that we our life is nourishing us in the way that it's supposed to are we lit up by what it is that by our life you know and i believe strongly that we're supposed to feel inspired by our life and part of something bigger than just our own you know our own kind of desire to to win or to accomplish you know it's um it starts with honesty. It's like a real honesty with self. How, how, how am I, you know, how am I doing? Am I happy? <laughs> it starts with asking ourselves honestly whether we are happy, fulfilled, and living the life that we feel is most conducive to our, our sense of peace. So in practical terms, I suppose, I mean, it sounds like quite, a, is it a difficult process or is it just something where you can, I mean, a lot of people might feel frustrated with where they live or with what they're doing and it must be quite hard sometimes to make that jump you know is there a way of making that any easier or is it always going to be a hard thing to do it's a great question it isn't or isn't just a sort of you know I don't want to romanticize this this process of becoming more of who we you know we really want to be but it, it's it can start with the small sort of life edits and shifts you know and it's but it, so often we're disconnected actually from what it is that makes us happy or brings us peace or brings joy, you know, and that's something that happens over time as we get into this kind of reactive way of living and accepting things for, you know, it might be the job that you're in that you hate and, you know, but the reality is we do have choice. We have so much more choice than, than we, we realise. And I don't speak as somebody, you know, I speak as somebody who has, you know, lived with very very little resource and you know come through real times of challenge even in those points in my life I was making you know I can see now retrospectively I was making choices which many people felt were you know wouldn't be available to me given my circumstances as a you know teen mum in a hostel I was expelled from school but you know it's it's so much of it is about our own belief in what's possible for us to create in our own lives you said that during this last year, you've decided to to move to Jamaica, where you've obviously, you know, have uh, background and, and connections there. Many people in lockdown might have come to this process in a different way. You know, they, people might be saying, well, I don't have to go to the office every day or, you know, I don't like certain things about my job. Do you think this is kind of a valuable point in time for many people to start thinking about how you might reset your life, even, as you say, in, in smaller ways? Absolutely. I think that's the gift of it. And it's, you know, I think it's a sort of collective. I heard somebody say that, you know, COVID has been a bit like, you know, the universe kind of sending everybody to their room and saying, you know, go away and think about what you've been doing. Think about how you've been behaving. And it's, it made me laugh because it, you know, there is that it's that it's been that we have had so many of the distractions that we loved, you know, connection with others and the ability to socialize and move around freely you know, even though the office commute, all of that's been sort of stripped back and we're left, you know, much more with ourselves and this sort of confrontation with, yeah, how happy we are and how aligned our life feels. So it's the perfect time to listen to that and to start to just take baby steps in terms of if there is something that you that you feel called to do or to explore. And that could be as simple as, you know, it starts with the small things. It starts with the, the hobby that you've always wanted to take up or that, 
you know, piece of writing, that book that you want to write or, you know, this is the perfect time to really honor those things and take baby steps to moving into them. Because the reality is, you know, I didn't just kind of land in Jamaica. It's been a, you know, I, I probably couldn't have made this decision, you know, even 18 months earlier because it's a, it's a learning to trust my own myself. It's it's to sort of trust my own instincts and intuition and what's right for me that has come from the smaller decisions to trust my own instincts and what's right for me. So it's incredible what happens when you start to to listen to yourself and where you feel called to go or or what it is you feel called to explore or do, you know, it's, it's, there's a a cumulative sort of momentum to that listening to self. And you worked in industries before where obviously business and PR, it was very much about material success and sort of worldly goods and, and having things as well as doing things. Is what you're talking about necessarily about kind of stepping away from that sort of material ambition or, or can you do the two things together? I love that question. I, I think it's a I think it's it's more about our relationship with things, you know. I think it's that that you know, I think, I think, you know, there's no resources is, is something that creates freedom. And, you know, and I mean, by that, I mean, money, um, it creates freedom. And it uh, and and that's a wonderful thing. But it's about being able to it's it's about what's channeling the desire to do something or to have something. And if it's about that thing defining you, because we don't have that sort of self, sense of self without you know, the title on the business card or the car in the drive or, you know, then then that's where it's problematic. It, it's an inside out job. And I think often, yeah, it's all about the energy that's kind of motivating us to create things in the world or build businesses or and where it's coming from. And I think that's the difference is that, that there's no thing or item that's necessarily wrong or right. It's more about our relationship to them. And how do you think this approach to purpose has changed the way you deal with other people in your personal life as well as in your professional life? Do you approach other people differently? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's, tran- it's transformed every everything, every area of my life, my relationships, my, you know, and I, and I mean that it's sort of personally, but also the people that I work with. And it's it's about having service at the heart of it. Like, it's about you know, one of the things that came out of writing the book for me and that whole ongoing process of kind of feeling stripped back and, and relearning who I was and who I want to be is, is you come to discover that, you know, just how connected we are. And this idea that we're separate is, is, is a fallacy. And in knowing that, you, you, you sort of, yeah, your relationship to everyone and everything else shifts and so it, it's much more about, you know, I don't always, I don't always manage it, but certainly my, my desire is to, to be of service to people and, and to, to share and to, to be a positive input in the lives of everyone that I touch. And, and when I fall short of that, to acknowledge it and, and come back to that belief. And, and, I, and I've just found that, you know, love begets love. And so the result is that I, I, you know, I'm so nourished by my work. I love the people that I work with and I care deeply for their, their ability to create what it is that they're here to create. And it, it just changes my whole, yeah, it changes everything. 
So you mentioned one of your earlier businesses was to do with setting up a business that reflected uh, diversity and you know gave people better choices in terms of representation. Is that still something that is important in what you do now? Yeah, because ultimately it's about oneness. You know, it's about how do we get to a place as a humanity where we have equality and we have you know honor for our differences and we're able to listen and learn and progress. And create and find balance between, you know, not just the sort of more logical and scientific approaches to life or, every, you know, existence, but also the kind of the ancient and the indigenous and the, you know, the, the, the so-called alternative approaches. And, and, and I think that we're really feeling that now, you know, it's it's things have been out of balance and it's a time of us. Yeah, finding some, finding a new kind of center within, within those intersections, and 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 so, as a result, you know that the individuals that I work with are just, you know, that they're naturally, they recognize that that in order for us to reach that place, we need to to come together, and part of that is really, it is about listening and and recognizing that we see the world differently, and and finding a way to move through that. Yeah, that might sound very kind of highfalutin, but but it's <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, we're not meeting face to face because you are very enviably in by the ocean in in Jamaica, and I'm I'm in a, it was a sunny London earlier today, but it's a little no. bit cloudy now. Um, if I say if I'd met you a few years ago, and if I or if we met you now, how would I find you a different person? How do you come across <laughs> differently? Well, I have been told. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was just, I'm much more relaxed now. I'm much more, um, yeah. My, the pace is the pace of my life is slower. I'm still ambitious. I'm still driven. I still have things that I want to create and achieve. But I also recognise the value and the achievement in just being and in just, um, yeah. And that there's a need for that, and that we, you know, we can't operate on one mode all the time and that the idea that you know our success is wrapped up in in our output is flawed and really harmful for us and I I know how I've been harmed by that so I you know I try to actively prioritize rest and yeah periods of presence and in, in what you know whatever way whatever that looks like and as a result yeah I'm calmer and I'm much more sort of accepting of, of challenge when it shows up and, and able to kind of recognize that there's a gift in everything and it doesn't make it easier necessarily to navigate through whatever life might throw up. But it, it means that I'm able to accept rather than resist it. And just in the doing of that, there's a relief and a, a sort of release of, you know, kind of catabolic energy. And so, yeah, it's just a, it's a much, I'm, I'm much more, at ease with life I would say now so if somebody who's listening to this would like to find out more obviously apart from reading reading your book or looking at any of your other resources what couple of questions or quick tips might you be able to give them to start somebody kickstart that process perhaps so I call it like positively disrupting your life it's like it's like feeling that something you know, sometimes it's that feeling of I'm not living my potential and other times it's I'm not happy, I'm discontent, I'm something, I, 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 my life is compartmentalized and, and this, this need for greater congruence and 
sort of authenticity and and it's the first step is the decision to yeah get disruptive and that means changing our status quo like changing um you know it could be as simple as just kind of you know going out for a walk without a destination it's it's literally throwing out the doing that is reactive you know that's habitual you know go and do that dance class go and sit in the park and draw anything that gets you into a state of presence because from that state of presence is where we are able to start to hear what it is that we need you know it's such a it's it's such a cliche this idea that all the answers are within us and you know I was very much from a kind of evidence-based journalism background where we poo-pooed that stuff but it's it's the truth and it's but we have we have to slow down and become present enough to hear what it is that we need and as we start to listen you know it's like things just unfold in a way which is quite it's quite magical I found that's lovely thank you so much for talking to us you're so welcome thanks Terry thank you Thanks for listening to this Head Talks podcast. We hope you found it helpful and interesting. You can find many more talks on our website at headtalks.com or listen to our podcasts on all the usual channels.